good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Eurofolk Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Wednesday, July 6, 2022, and this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go see when they have a health issue, MDs, wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. Now, I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health, and when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials, and when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed, because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. You can visit my websites at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. And our sister site, yourdiywealth.com. Same address, just change the first H to a W, and you're there. When you get there, hit the Hyperverse and the Luminaria Global tabs. There's information on those two pages that'll show you how you can uh, set up... uh, Things that will basically make you some money and at the same time protect your assets and get them out out from under the uh, dangers of being in the central banking system, which is a, a very important thing in this day and age. So anyway, check those things out when you're on the health site. Be sure and hit the radio shows tab and at the top of the page you'll see the link to our archive page set up through castbox.fm. And there's over 850 shows up there. They're annotated as to what we talked about. You can share them via email and social media, which we encourage you to do, and just have fun with it. And if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And at the bottom of the page is the Facebook link and the Telegram channel link. So that's it for that stuff. And just keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on the show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Eurofolk Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use the show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're trying doing and trying is right for you. All righty. Say that three times fast. Anyway, on the way home from my uh, uh, retiree's breakfast, I saw or heard a thing about uh, the Georgia Guidestones been uh, attacked. <laughs> Police in Georgia reportedly are investigating an explosion Wednesday targeting the Georgia Guidestones monument, which the state says is known as America's Stonehenge. Images circulating on social media reportedly show significant damage to the granite tourist attraction in northeastern Elbert County. The Elbert County Sheriff's Office is among the law enforcement agencies investigating, and a bomb squad has been called to the scene, according to Fox 5 Atlanta. Known as America's Stonehenge, the 19-foot-high monument displays a 10-part message espousing the conservation of mankind and future generations in 12 languages. Yeah, right. (laughs) Conservation. Yeah, we're going to conserve by killing off 7 billion people. Hmm. There's a way to conserve. According to the description of the states of Georgia's tourism website. Oh, my goodness. 
And let's see, the Guidestones also serve as an astronomical calendar. And every day at noon, the sun shines through a narrow hole in the structure and illuminates the day's date on an engraving. The tourism website con continued. Uh, the names of four ancient languages are inscribed on the side near the top, Babylonian cuneiform, classical Greek, Sanskrit, and Egyptian hieroglyphics, it added. The guidestones are mysterious in origin, for no one knows the identity of the group of sponsors who provided its specifications. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. And let's see here. Um, boy, that's all there was. And that's just a thing. I first search I got come up with Fox News, um, but the uh, heads the, the headline is uh, explosion blast significant damage reported at the monument. So I'm still waiting to see anything else. But uh, hmm, I'd like to see how much damage there was. Might be interesting. But uh, anyway, yeah, I had a nice little chat this morning. Passed out some copies of. Uh, 2,000 Mules, and uh, uh, Matt Walsh's What is a Woman, and uh, COVID Land 3, The Jot, The Shot. <laughs> so some of my retirees are going to get an edumacation, <laughs> and several of them have had the shot, so they should, uh, that'll really freak them out. But uh, anyway, funny thing is, the first guy I gave it to said, I don't even have a DVD player. I said, bummer. I said, you know. Go to the go to the local Home Depot or or, or uh, Best Buy. And, you know, spend twenty bucks and buy one, or go to your local Goodwill. You can probably get one for five bucks. But uh, anyway, it is what it is. Everybody else is older than him, and they still had DVD players. <laughs> oh, but then we've got the food factories going crazy, and I heard also that over in uh, I think it's uh, Norway. I think. As one of the Norwegian countries, they are now cracking down on farms with cattle. And they're either making it illegal to raise cattle or at least cutting your herd size by like a third. And they're also going after chickens and pigs and other kinds of things. So the uh, the stuff is really picking up trying to hey, get Jim, rid of the food supply. Yeah, go Jim, ahead. I think that's Denmark. Denmark or Netherlands. Yeah, uh, I think it was Netherlands. They, I yeah, knew it was, now, uh, but I just sent you a picture on the damage. Somebody just shot, sent me a shot of the guidestones. Oh, cool! And it's over there in Telegram. If you want to open it up and describe it, folks, Let they did me some damage see here. Cool. Uh, and Netherlands is the one where they are coming after the farmers. And I was reading an article about it yesterday. I had no idea. Netherlands is the second largest food exporter behind us. Really? Yikes. That's what that article said. Wow. <laughs> There's something you learn new every day, it, man. <laughs> Good grief. I can't find you, Roger. I know you're in here. Shoot. Hmm. It should be at the top it's, of the list there. It it's probably the not. same link that's in the Jitsi chat. Hmm. Yeah, let me just look at that. Whoops. I just hit the wrong button and my page went away. Yeah, they, they, they blew some of it. They didn't get all of it. Still a lot of it standing, but they got maybe 10, 20% of it, it looks like. I think the guy who probably underwrote the cost for that monument was Ted Turner. That's what everybody's speculates. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Wow. <laughs> now, Elberton, Elberton, Georgia, is in, as you said in the articles in the northeast part, Elbert County, I guess. Mm -hmm. Elberton being the county seat, obviously. But it is up in the middle of nowhere. 
and people have speculated why did they put this there because it's on ley lines huh. what a crappy picture <laughs> but it looks like some of it got busted up pretty good but the rest of it's still standing but it's kind of shook up um yeah. looks like one of the vertical structures is uh pretty much reduced to rubble right so it looks like uh but they're the other ones are still standing but um i wonder if that was the one that said reduce the world population to 500 million <laughs> i don't know i guess we'll find out more as we go forward but i just looked at that email somebody sent it to me i heard you saying you didn't know the damage so that's why i wanted to shoot it up there to you so Appreciate i'll get it. out of your hair here yeah thanks thanks roger okay yeah, let's see here. Uh, the Elbert County Sheriff's Georgia Sheriff's Department investigating a mysterious event at the Georgia Guidestones after a picture showing what appears to be rubble at the site of, and residents reportedly hearing a boom. <laughs> it's not known at this point uh, if the Georgia Guidestones were attacked by a person using some sort of explosive device. That'd be my first guess. Or if there could have been a small earthquake that partially collapsed the controversial monument. That's probably what the official word will be, uh, which calls for a new world order with a vastly smaller global population uh, living in harmony with nature. <laughs> All we know right now is this. The sound of what could have been an explosion was reportedly heard in the area around 4 a.m. Wednesday, July 6th. A photo was posted to fact or fake fact checker Facebook by local resident Chris Smith around 7.30 a.m., showing what appears to be about half of the monument lying in rubble on the ground. George Guidestones has been referred to as the Devil's Monument. That's a little more accurate. And sits on what is now county property in Elbert County. It was elected or erected under very mysterious circumstances in 1980 with words etched in the monument calling for, among other things, the genocide of 90% of the world's population. This is a much more accurate report. A population of just 500 million compared to today's 7.5 billion is uh, advocated as the proper balance with nature. That's way off the mark. A video was posted by the local NBC affiliate around 9 a.m. Wednesday that you can watch here. Hmm. It shows uh, county emergency response teams along with the Georgia State Patrol on the scene. And toward the end of the video, a clear shot of the rubble can be seen. Police have blocked off access to the site. Hmm. Interesting. Leoholman.com is 100% reader supported. Okay. But, hmm, interesting. Kind of makes you wonder what's going on there. Somebody's getting kind of tired of things. Or maybe it was an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll see how that works out. But, um, very interesting stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm still looking to see if I can find anything actually documenting what's going on over there in the Scandinavian. Probably, uh, um, whatever that country was, <laughs> uh, keep, keep, can't remember these things, but yeah, they're basically shutting down all the, the beef farms and apparently the, the law enforcement or military are using live ammo against the people that are protesting it. Apparently shots have been fired over there and, uh, haven't heard whether anybody's been injured or killed, but, um, they're taking it pretty seriously. 
And, uh, I mean, if you're a farmer over there, <laughs> there goes your, uh, at the very least, your livelihood, not to mention, you know, the the amount of uh, food that is already being taken off the markets by all these uh, damaged factories and stuff. Uh, yeah, food factories mysteriously burning to the ground internationally. You know, we've had over 100 here in the U.S., Last year was a really bad year for factory fires, according to a new report. Some 1,946 factory fires or factory fire alerts were issued in 2021 by Resilink, which describes itself as the world's leading supply chain risk monitoring and mapping solution. <laughs> supply chain disruptions were up 88% over uh, year over year, the group says, and 90% of them were human-caused. Factory fires, meanwhile, were up 129% year over year, and this includes factory fires overseas. The uptick is due to mo mostly in gaps in regulatory and process execution. Yeah, right. As well as a shortage of skilled labor in warehouses. <laughs> yeah, it sounds to me more like... Uh, People are setting fires and flying planes into them and things like that. In 2022, so far, there have been dozens of food processing facility fires that all cropped up right around the, excuse me, sorry about that, about the same time. Now we know that the fires are occurring elsewhere in the world, too. These fires combined with, with other factors are responsible for a whopping 452% increase year-over-year year in disruptions due to supply shortages, which include everything from semiconductor chips and pla to plastics, paper, and raw materials. Yeah, I heard I heard this morning from a friend of mine that uh, I think one of the, I think Ford has uh, like 16,000 pickup trucks or something like that sitting in a where or a big parking lot waiting. You know, they're all ready to go. They're just waiting for chips. And it turns out the chips that have been produced are the wrong size. They will not fit into the computer units, so they either got to redesign and reproduce the chips, or they got to redesign the computer units to accept the new size chips. Talk about stupid. <laughs> Somebody really screwed the pooch there. But uh, that's just one of the crazy things going on. These fires combined with other factors, are, oh, I'll cover that one. Uh, this type of disruption ranked sixth in terms of the most reported events behind leadership transition. Uh, supply shortages are driving consolidations, mergers, and business sales as companies look to give a quick cash boost to the core business or optimize the supply chain to best serve the customer base. Hmm. Compared to 2020-2021 saw a 88% increase in the number of supply chain disruption alerts. Of these potential disruptions, 7,025 or 60% were impactful enough to trigger the creation of a war room. Ooh. Virtual platforms in the ResLink dashboard where customers and their suppliers communicate and collaborate to assess and resolve disputes or disruptions. Anyway, yeah. The crap is uh, really hitting the fan. And here, before long, it's going to get even worse and worse and worse and worse. Um, let's see. Uh, somebody's looking for the, what is a woman? You know, if you just go to um, either BitChute or Rumble and just put in Matt Walsh, what is a woman? You'll get probably dozens of links. Ah, fantastic. There you go, Murr. Thank you. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Um, and it's a great video. The ending is a killer. <laughs> it's really good. But there are some strange people in there. Somebody yeah, some have something? Of the, some of the BitChute links for it are uh, uh, taken down for copyright. Yeah, I know that the same thing was happening with 2,000 Mules because uh, Dinesh D'Souza is trying to make his money off of it first, I think. But uh, Matt's probably doing the same thing. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. I think I paid for that um, or initially. It was available um, where you could buy it and get download capabilities. I believe that's how I ended up with it originally because I got it the day it was released. And uh, I've watched it a couple of times, and it's it's just it's it's crazy. Right along with two thousand mules, it ticks you off because these people are out there and they're reproducing, so to speak, mostly by uh, recruitment. But the fact is, is they're sucking in the you know impressionable miners and these doctors. Oh my goodness, they are just absolute stupid on a stick. Um, yeah, but it's a good indicator. It lets you know what's really out there lurking in the shadows trying to uh, corrupt your children. So, you know, anybody who has young kids needs to see this video. And yeah. anybody who doesn't, but if it's their grandchild, grandparent or anything like that, watch it so you can protect your kids. Yeah, that version is a wake up planet it was the one roger had attached to his june 30th show so that one works okay cool thank you mer appreciate it let's see here and texas is officially announcing a state of emergency i guess they're uh, under invasion uh i feel bad for folks down there on the border you know, you just, it's, it's just an overwhelming situation. You know, millions of people coming across that border. Open, and, of course, the, it's, you know, President Poopy Pants, the border's closed. <laughs> I don't know why anybody, you know, I listen to what the schmuck says just to, just for the, you know, giggle factor out of it. I said, does anybody really believe anything that idiot says? It's just unfreaking real. You know, blatant, flat-out, bold-faced lies. I mean, anybody with two eyes can see that everything the guy says is a flat-out lie. And uh, the, the sad part is I think he believes it. <laughs> he doesn't know any better. He's just he's going on what his uh, handlers tell him. And uh, good grief. And then we've got, oh, yeah, Tucker had this uh, thing last night. Um this crazy bimbo um, state rep, I think, out of uh, uh, what's what was it, Rhode Island? I can't remember the girl's name, the woman's name, but um, as it turns out, she is just a. <laughs> he put it up as she was the next uh, the next big thing for the Democratic Party, and it shows this oversized, well upholstered woman in a bikini a thong bikini at that standing on her head in the sand and twerking just an absolutely disgusting thing that I'll never be able to get out of my mind but she was yikes and it's like yeah this is the next big thing she should be in she'll she'll be running for you know federal office here or they'll be putting her up for the next president slot or something it's like good grief what disgusting stuff uh man how I don't. I don't know, but I think that uh, 
she still got beat out by the guy that's uh, um, who's the head of the uh, the uh, oh world, the nuclear uh, waste or whatever it is, or is it nuclear yeah, waste? Or? Dude standing in a in a gay a bar with, wearing short shorts in a tank top. Oh, well, that's not the one I'm thinking of. There's another yeah, one not, I covered last Tedros. night. WHO. Oh. Head of the WHO. Tedros, yeah. Tedros. Yep. They had him in short shorts and a tank top? Short shorts and a tank Ooh. top. Standing there now there's something I'm glad I didn't see. Him up in a gay bar. I'll, I'll find that link, yeah. He's <sighs> there twitching, twitching and dancing around looking for some, some action. Mm. I think he and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson should date. Maybe they are. Well, I had nightmares for a week after them. You know, every time I look at Lori Lightfoot, I said, that's that's living proof that Don King and Beetlejuice had a baby. <laughs> you know, I looked at that and I said, that's exactly what it is. Don King and Beetlejuice got together on a bad, on a bad bender, and here she is. You know, funny thing is, you see pictures of her from years ago. She's not that bad looking. But whatever, since she sold her soul to the devil, boy, I'll tell you what, it has really had an effect on her appearance. Just unbelievably. But man, these people are just off the wall weird. And I don't know how someone, this woman from uh, Rhode Island, I would be flat out embarrassed to have a body like that and dress it in something as scant as a, you know, a, a thong bikini and then be f filmed standing on my head twerking. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was just a, oh, never going to be able to get that out of my mind. But, you know, that's what we've got to look forward to. Those people are on the rise. And of course, you got all the queers and the drag drag drag, yeah, drag queen story hour and everything else going after your kitties. Uh, Beware the leavening of the parasites. You got that right. You know how that story hour thing started back with um, Jazz Jennings and the mother says uh, they were using false names. Now they say they're using real names, but not their last name. They say, oh, oh, laugh, laugh, we have a long Jewish name. So this other Jewish co-author, Jazz Jennings, was a uh, boy to a girl. And they were in Wisconsin. And uh, parents uh, sued that they were reading it, and they lost. <laughs> I think they initially won, and then they lost later. So that sort of tipped the iceberg there. Yeah, there's all kinds of weird stuff going on. And it's just, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. But, uh, you know, Bill Gates granted, legal, Gates granted legal approval to purchase 2,100 acres of farmland in North Dakota. How anybody could allow that schmuck to buy farmland? You know, it's just... The sad thing is, is, you know, if I owned farmland, I would never... You know, if I had any inkling that, you know that the the group trying to buy it which it's normally done under some kind of uh, corporate name or something like that it's not bill gates coming in and buying but it's some entity that he's set up but if i had any inkling at all that it was related to gates there's no way i don't care how much you're going to offer i would not sell it to the schmuck you know it's just unbelievable but that guy 
he already owns almost 270,000 acres of uh, farmland throughout America. And you can bet not a square inch of it will ever be planted as long as that schmo owns it. Which, you know, he's just trying to freeze the uh, food supply. It's disgusting. And Germans buying wood-burning stoves and stocking up on firewood as Russia cuts gas supply. Yeah, but watch, then the German... Uh, government's going to make it illegal to burn wood oh that's carbon you can't put that out they'll end up like california you can't have a, a weed eater <laughs> unless it runs unless it's electric oh man the insanity is just i mean we are literally in the last days of the last days uh, it is biblical in nature that's for sure uh, let's see what else is going on here Study consuming apples, oranges, and strawberries can help people with Parkinson's disease live longer. Hmm. Sarge. Yes, sir. I have a health question. Uh, one I don't think you've ever spoken before. Um, and uh, I guess it's two twofold question. One, uh, would nutrition clear this up? But that's uh, or any other way of dealing with it. Let me get rid of this noise in the background. <clears throat> um, that's the whatever you call teeth grinding that you do at night when you're asleep. Uh-huh. Do you do you know if nutrition would keep you from doing that or? Well, <laughs> my guess is if it will, I haven't found it yet because my dentist tells me that I do that. I think it's called bruxism, uh -huh. if I remember right. And uh, they say that I do it. And uh, I have tried, you know, the little oral devices that they come in. It's basically like a mouth guard kind of thing. Um, and I can't keep the thing in my mouth. You know, I'll put that thing in there and I'll wake up and it'll be stuck to my back. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I have had that a couple of times where it, uh, somehow it'll pop out of my mouth and I'll be rolling around. And the next thing I know, it's stuck to my, uh, stuck to somewhere on my body or down the crack between the two mattresses or something. Um, if, I re if I recall, you know, somebody said it, uh, it's called bruxism, I believe. Um, don't ask me how to spell it. Uh, but if you do a search, it'll probably kind of, you know autocorrect the spelling. But if I remember right, that's what the, what the official term is. And uh, I have yet to come up with anything uh, that that works for me because you know I've almost given up on those things. It's it's you know five out of six nights that I'll or seven nights I'll use the thing. It'll end up somewhere other than in my mouth when I wake up in the morning. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a stress-related kind of thing, they claim. But it's odd because I don't really have any, that much stress to think of. And I, it, I definitely don't notice it. Uh, but they claim that that's what's going on. And, you know, I tried one of those things for several months. And it got to the point where it just, you know, the thing would not stay in my mouth. You know, short of, you know, putting it in and then strapping, uh, putting a strap around your, from your chin to the top of your head to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> That's the only way I can think of keeping it in there. Um, but it would, um, most of the time, it would, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and it'd be on the floor or, you know, 
somewhere and be covered in dog hair and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Would it, would it, would it be something that uh, your wife could confirm you do? Or like, the, look, in my case, the dent, one dentist said I do it, another des- dentist never mentioned it. Mm. And I'm like, I wonder if the guy is even right about what he's seeing in my mom. I have all my adult teeth, you know, I mean, yeah. they're old. <laughs> they could chew down a lot, you know. Yeah. Well, I know that I do it. My, my dentist that I have for 20-some years told me I did it, and then the guy that took over when he retired told me I did it, and then another dentist I went to um, just to try somebody new, they told me I did it too without ever mentioning it. So I've got pretty good confirmation that, I was do- that I'm doing it. Um, to my knowledge, I don't know that you, even someone could watch you and really know that it's going on. Um, but I, I honestly don't you can know. Hear it. You know. That's a good one. I, I would like you can to hear think it. Ask so. your wife. What's that? <laughs> Ask your wife. You well, can hear it. She's usually sound asleep before I go to bed, and she's usually, you know, you know she's up long before I get up, but uh, she doesn't want to sit up and watch me. <laughs> well, I'll have I to ask a, her if she's I ever noticed it, but, um, you know, I don't, I really don't know. Um, because that's something that's, I don't know if it's psychological or or what's actually doing it um, or causing it. But, uh, you know, like I said, if I had to guess, I would say it was a, a mineral deficiency kind of thing. But I've been taking so many minerals for so long that I would think if that was the case, it would have taken care of it. Um, have, have you ever asked Glidden about it? No, I haven't, come to think of it. Um nor have I, uh, hasn't come up when I was talking to Wallach either. Um, I mean, I guess this can take your enamel off, right? And get your teeth real sensitive. So it's rather serious. Yeah. If you, if it's, if it's a bad case, yeah, you could grind them down till you get to the point where you get to the dent and that would be rough. Um, you know, I've been told the same thing, uh, and I think it's a bunch of BS, uh, <laughs> Dennis, uh, one dentist told me that, and and like you, Samuel, one will tell you, another, and and five others never mentioned it. So, mm-hmm. the thing is, is I found dentists to be liars, and oh, I yeah. mean almost every other one. And I've accused two of them to their face that they lied to me, and I proved it to them. So I don't trust them any more than I would trust an attorney. Mm-hmm. They, they make up stuff because the more they can screw up, the more business they have. Oh, yeah. It doesn't even have to be their business because so many of them do it, they just pass it around. So it all comes back to them. Yeah. And they've also, you know, usually they have, every one of them said, you know, we have uh, oral devices that will sell you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they are vastly overpriced, you know, so you can you can go to a local department store, Amazon, whatever, I got one for like 20 bucks or something. And it's basically the same thing that they were going to charge 200 and some for. Um, right. And, but this is, I'll say the one thing, this is the first, this other dentist I went to is the only one that even said anything about the oral device. The other two uh, never mentioned selling me anything. They just said that, you know, you can, you can get these things to help reduce it. Um, you know, I just basically stick with my nutrition. I know that the uh, 
you know, one of the other folks in here talked about regrowing teeth. I've, I've seen things about regrowing teeth per se, but I haven't seen any confirmation per se. But the one thing I will tell you is, you know, when I first started taking the longevity supplements, I had very sensitive teeth. And, um, you know, either real hot or real cold would just, you know, send chills up and down my spine. And within 30 to 40, 30 to 45 days of being on the supplements with the calcium and the minerals and everything, I have no sensitivity whatsoever ever since. And I can gargle with ice water now and it doesn't bother me. Um, so it is possible to do some repair. Uh, as long as you're giving the body what it needs, it'll, it'll do what it can to fix itself. So I would imagine that if it's fixing the sides where the, you know, the so-called sensitivity, com sensitivity comes from, I got to think it's also going to repair the, the surface as well. And I haven't had any... Are you any... talking about... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Are Go you ahead. talking about TJ or teeth grinding in your sleep? Yeah, bruxism. Isn't there also I, another I've term had... called TMJ? temporal mandibular yeah. uh, joint syndrome that's that's a different kind of thing i think that's more with the joint itself as opposed to the grinding if i'm not mistaken you know it's just a, a breakdown of okay. the joint i've i've had several dentists not say anything but then other dentists say i'm grinding my teeth in my sleep and that's not true i've never been a clencher i've never been a grinder if I was grinding my teeth, my husband would be sure to be shaking me awake. Um, <laughs> but for some reason, it's the muscles at that jawbone on either side. Is those muscles for me is where my they get tensed up under stress, and and I'll catch and I'm not my teeth aren't touching. They're not grinding or anything, but the muscles tense up out of stress. And there's uh, massages you can do to help relax those muscles so that your bite isn't so tight that I've had, I, I told all the dentists, you know, no, I don't grind. I don't clench. None of that. It's just something that those muscles react to when I have stress going on. Mm -hmm. Just so you know, I just wanted to share that. Yeah. You know, I, I have never had any personal indications. Like I said, all the three dentists that I've been to in the last 20 some years all say that I do it, but I have never, you know, when, even when I'm just sitting still, my teeth don't naturally come together to the point where they would have a grind. You know, I would have to literally be concentrating on, you know, like you say, grinding, you know, you know, drawing, locking my jaws together and that kind of thing. Um, so I honestly don't know. I've never had any physical indication. The only thing I've had is doctors telling or dentists telling me that I'm doing it. And I've never seen that much wear. Now, I know that back in the day when I used to chew gum a lot, uh, my one dentist that I've been going to for years and years would notice that because the, you know, the fillings I had were all really polished, which is an indicator of gum chewing. But when I realized that all gums had, were loaded with aspartame, I stopped doing that a long, long time ago. And uh, I haven't chewed a stick of gum in probably 15, 20 years now. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, it's, I honestly don't know. I've yet to see anything definitive. Um, 
I would love, you know, it'd be interesting to see if, you know, if anybody's done a YouTube video about, you know, someone grinding their teeth and if they, you know, actually can see what it looks like when the person's asleep and doing it, uh, might be something to look at, but, well, uh, you know, the, mm -hmm. the first dentist that, uh, well, they, she actually asked me, do you grind your teeth? I said, what do you mean? And she says, well, when you sleep, do you grind your teeth? I said, how do I know I'm asleep? Yeah. And she had no answer for that other than, oh, you grind your teeth, you grind them. And, and afterwards, I had other dentists, maybe one, I can't, I don't know how many. And uh, they suggested the same thing. And I said, how do you know? And he says, well, I can see by where. Well, your teeth do wear. So that yeah. doesn't mean you grind your teeth. So I asked him, how, do you, how can you tell at night? He said, well, does somebody hear you grind them? Has anyone ever told you you did that you live with? Or anything? Nope. I said, never. From parents to wife to, to anybody ever told me I, they heard me grinding my teeth. And they said, oh, if, if you grind them, someone can hear it. Hmm. Well, well good to know. no one has ever told me that other than a dentist. And, and it, they're in the minority. And you know when you, uh, uh, yeah, Jim, when you said uh, the next dentist you went to also mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Today, your medical records are passed around to everybody. They, they know didn't, what I you didn't. I never told them who you I was coming from. See them. I just went into them cold. They had no records, no anything. All they did when I got there, I don't even know if they took an X-ray that when I was there. They the don't have time. to. Believe me, they do know what you have because in the old days, you're right. If you transfer dentists, you had to tell the previous one to send this guy all your x-rays and blah, blah, blah. That never, never happens that. today. It's all done. They all know, just like all doctors know, before you even walk in, what your problem is. Heck, the, the instructions on the passport application said, bring your birth certificate with you to the post office and, I, and, and a lot of other documents. And I did. And the guy behind the counter was just wham, bam, and he was just going to town. He, he didn't even have um, interest in anything I had to give him and that I brought. And he looks up and he says, oh, you already brought a copy of that. And he's holding in his hand my birth certificate. And he got it from a, a terminal behind the counter there. Mm -hmm. They know that everything about you is known, and anybody who wants to find out can. Well, all Not they had on me but... was my name and phone number. So, you know, they didn't, the insurance was different. They had no, no, any, no other information at all. So if they were able to find it, I'd be surprised. Um, okay, can I... you will be. Can I say, make yeah. a comment? Go ahead. Um, the the muscles in the jaw, if you're not a grinder and you're not a clencher, when those muscles tense up, it, sh it causes your bite to be different so that when you do eat or whatever, it has a, wear, a different wear on your teeth, which would be indicative of a grinder or a clencher. But when you don't do that, just having those muscles so tense you end up with almost the same effect as if you were grinding. Hmm. But um, opening the jaw, and I think on YouTube are exercises for TMJ, even if you don't 
do those things, you have the same effect. But there's muscles. Um, I'm not thinking right. There, there are massages you could do to loosen those muscles so that your bite goes to where it should normally be. I just wanted to share that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the, you know, a lot of that stuff's still a mystery. You know, you, you get the dentists that say, "Well, you can never regrow enamel." That's baloney. They're they're told that in in dental school, and they never question it. And of course, they're just like MDs where they don't know anything about nutrition. And if you give the body the stuff it needs, it's going to repair everything, including your teeth. Uh, like I said, you know, I I have no sensitivity anymore like I used to. And, you know, my dentists have always uh, um, been amazed at the oral, you know, everything looked good at my age. Um, no problems. And basically, it's nutrition and colloidal silver. <laughs> I used to use you know, that. Sarge, mm-hmm. I, uh, I also wonder, um, this going and getting um, these deep cleanings and, you know, I mean, it's brutal stuff that they do to you and scraping and how important that really is as often as they want it, you know? Yeah. And generally what I do is I tell them absolutely no fluoride. And most of them don't have fluoride-free polish. So if you do that, they won't have any polish, so they can't do any of that stuff. You know, the worst they can do is go in there and try and pick around a little bit. But even that I'm not crazy about. And most of the time, it's more for for show than anything else. You know, I've had uh, the one guy that I had for, you know, over 20 years, he was always amazed. I go in there, you know, and I don't floss you know, the only time I floss is if I got something stuck between my teeth. If I eat, you know, some meat or chicken or something, and I got little pieces in there, I'll go in there and dig it out. But this garbage about having to floss your teeth, that's just, that's typical dental school propaganda, too. You know, I've got dogs whose teeth are absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I don't see them every morning flossing. Uh, t- <laughs> you know, Good point. You know it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I found that, um, I, oh, it's a long time ago. It must be 15, 20 years ago. I started taking HCL, especially with a, uh, and pepsin, especially with, uh, with a heavy meal of, you know, meat or something like that, right. To help mm-hmm. with the digestive process. Yeah. And as soon as I started doing that about three weeks to a month later, Breaking up. You're totally broken up. Everything from three three weeks to a month later was all broken up. Oh yeah, the the plaque broke up and and came off my teeth. Yeah, yeah. Colloidal silver is real good for that too. Um, Keeps everything nice and clean. And, uh, before I started do, doing the nutritional stuff, I would, every morning I'd take about an ounce or so, or so of colloidal silver and swish it around and then swallow it. And, uh, my dentist was always amazed at how, you know, no plaque, no nothing. And, uh, he'd go in there and just sort of pick around a little bit, but it was more for show than anything else. He couldn't find anything that had to, to work with. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. Oil pulling, oil pulling is really good too. The Ayurveda, where you put basically any kind of oil, um, coconut maybe, and swish it around like you say, and up to twenty minutes, never swallow it, of course, and you sort of pull it through your mm -hmm. teeth and everything, and that works really good, cleans and polishes them. I've heard a lot of. There's a guy that used to come on Joyce Riley's show all the time that was big on oil pulling. Uh, have never tried it, but um, never really had a need to. But uh, they say it's great. You know, I'm I'm just leery of putting oils in my mouth, no matter whether I'm swallowing it or not. Um, yeah, you're well, get like you were saying with the silver, something you do uh, first thing in the morning. You want to do mm -hmm. it first thing. Don't even drink anything. Yep. And it clears things out and it even helps your sinuses you know so it's yeah it's hmm. it's basically just a actually what they use uh, ayurveda is usually sesame oil but that's a little pricey over here you know it's a weed over there so <laughs> and even just sesame seeds you can chew them up really good and then spit them out so bingo hmm. yeah that'd be the better way to do it really the oils that are expressed immediately before use are something the, the safest and that'd be a little easier to deal with i guess but ooh. Uh, the other thing that that i found really helpful for my gums is uh if i i, I take the three percent hydrogen peroxide and i put about 20 25 percent of that in that container on your water pick and oh, I yeah. fill the rest with water, mm -hmm. and that really cleans things up. And I, I sort of got that idea from this dentist guy who is alternative, who said it. it Any time you change that pH in your mouth enough, you kill off all the bad boys, and they got to start all over again. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing that on a daily basis, you just don't get those uh, negative bacteria in there working away on them. I found that nothing's nothing less than just a fresh water rinse is you know several times a day, especially after after any food or anything has gone in your mouth, and just a fresh water rinse gets rid of all the stuff and basically neutralizes things a little bit and uh, makes a big difference. And you know the key, you know they call it tooth decay, which it's not. It's basically acid breakdown. And as long as you keep the mouth from becoming acidic, you're not going to have too much trouble with so-called decay or having filling or cavities and things like that. And like I said, just doing a, a good freshwater rinse is one of the best ways and very low cost and no, uh, no negative side effects to it. And uh, it's worked really well for me. Yeah, well, it's my health care, you know, my Work hard. Breaking up again. Oh, your teeth, oh I'm sorry. I'm just going to forget about it. <laughs> it's rough. Uh, we got to get you in a better location or a stronger uh, tower. <laughs> he always has such good things to say, and half the time it starts breaking up right in the middle of it. Maybe it's the government. They're tracking you and, and jamming your signal. Stranger things have happened. Anyway. Ooh, Europe on suicide watch as food and energy supply chains collapse. Yowzer. Ooh, 
July 5th, Truckopocalypse <laughs> begins in California this week as 70,000 truckers forced off the roads. Ew. Let's see what that's all about. Uh, California Truckers Association is warning that 70,000 independent truck owner operators will be taken off the roads of California later this week as a draconian new law, AB-5, kicks in. In addition to the direct impact on California's 70,000 owner-operators who have seven days to cease long-standing independent businesses, the impact of taking tens of thousands of trucks off the road will have devastating repercussions on an already fragile supply chain, increasing costs and worsening runaway inflation. The new law passed and signed by Demon Rats, essentially outlaws independent contractors from operating transport trucks in the state of California. That's insane. (laughs) When it goes into effect later this week, uh, after the U.S. Supreme Court refused to intervene last week, that's crazy too, California will be hit with a tropocalypse, shutdown of transport capacity. While some transportation companies maintain full-time employees to operate long, uh, long-haul long rigs, many drivers are owner-operators who own their own trucks and who pick up contract jobs from the hundreds of shipping and transport companies that operate in California. These owner-operators pay their own taxes, buy their own health insurance, and cover their own fuel costs. California demon rats, however, think that independent freedom for truckers should be criminalized since they want all drivers to be union workers in corrupt union organizations that demon rats routinely use for money laundering operations. Dems vote to award public money to the unions, and the unions agree to kick back campaign donations to the demon rats. So they've outlawed independent contractors in the trucking industry. The new law goes into effect this week, and is expected to cause widespread log jams, cost increases, and delays to transportation costs across America. Say hello to accelerated food inflation. You know, if they can do that to truckers, there's no reason why they couldn't do it to, you know, little mom-and-pop grocery stores. Oh, you got to be a big chain. You can't be an independent person. Uh, they could do it to anybody. And why the truckers are allowing this is beyond me. <laughs> As FreightWaves.com reports, the implications of this law will be nothing short of catastrophic for transportation infrastructure in and out of California. Matt Schrapp, the CEO of Harbor Trucking Association, which represents dry or dry age companies, whatever that is, D-R-A-Y-A-G-E, hmm, issued a brief but harsh statement in response to the high court's decision. It is extremely unfortunate that this court couldn't see through their own political agenda to identify the obvious preemption that exists under F4A. He wrote in an email to Freight Waves, This ruling will have far-reaching impacts that will upend the industry as we know it. Tens of thousands of truck drivers will be driven out of established business relationships within a week. No doubt this will further stress the supply chain. Not only do transport trucks carry food and consumer goods in and out of California, they routinely distribute ocean freight containers from California ports to inland destinations. The containers move from ships to trucks, and those trucks take them to retail distribution hubs or domestic manufacturers for offloading. (coughs) Under California's new AB5 law, the logistics challenge of receiving good 
good carried by good I think it's goods carried by road are going to be a nightmare. Add this uh, to the fact that the Union Pacific Railroad is already slashing the number of rail cars it carries for existing customers, such as CF Industries, a fertilizer manufacturer, which means railroads have no excess cap- capacity to pick up the slack from trucking. America's logistics infrastructure is crumbling, and with diesel engine oil additives in short supply and expected to run out in about seven weeks, a huge question looms over America. How will food, coal, spare parts, and consumer goods get delivered anywhere? If the truckers are blocked from California's highways and diesel engine oil is running out and railroads are slashing rail cars and diesel fuel itself is running out in some areas, the scenario for the second half of 2022 doesn't look very rosy at this point. Not hardly. And it's going to get ugly. Man... Just insane the things that are going on. These goofballs, they're just really pulling out all the stops. And then, of course, you have the, uh, oh, look at this. <laughs> Somebody, Bart Seibrel tells Mike Adams, NSA faked, or, excuse me, NASA faked and lied about moon landing. They're just now figuring that out? <laughs> Good grief. Uh, yeah, buddy. They sure did. But that's just one of the things. Everything that happens, all the history in this country is a lie, it seems. Senate Democrats introduced bill that completely infringes on America's Second Amendment rights, limits gun purchases to one every five years. Ooh, I guess I have to step up my game. It's been a longer time than that, then I'll have to make sure I buy one every five years. <laughs> Democratic Senators Cory Booker, Bob Menendez, and Richard Blumenthal... <laughs> dickhead extraordinaire, recently introduced a gun control, pardon me, I'll have to <laughs> have to edit that one myself. <laughs> i got to make a note of the time. What was it? Uh, 5430. Okay. <laughs> um, where was it? Recently introduced the gun control bill that would amend Chapter 44 of Title 18 U.S. Code. It is... Uh, as big an example of firearms overreach as seen in, in recent hit memory. In our nation, gun violence has become eerily routine, and we've done little to stop the horrific mass shootings that devastate the lives of victims and their loved ones, said Senator Booker. So, we're going to infringe upon the rights of the people that don't have anything to do with these criminal acts. Accepting this shameful status quo will continue to lead to deadly consequences, we need to adapt proven common sense measures. Oh, yeah, I just love that. Proven common sense. Yeah, common idiocy. That will address the scourge of gun violence and make our community safer. No, they won't. This bill moves us in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, right. As is based on a simple concept. If you need a license to drive a car, you should need one to buy and possess a gun. Well, you don't need a license to drive a car. <laughs> and you don't need one to buy a gun. Is schmuck extraordinaire, said in a statement on his Senate website. It should be noted that the right to purchase, possess, and operate motor vehicle is not expressly mentioned in the Constitution, <laughs> while the right to do the same with firearms is. The right to travel is mentioned in the uh, uh, Articles of Confederation. But anyway, the bill shared by Politico puts gun control in the hands of the U.S. Attorney General. Oh, great. Merrick Garland, that schmuck. (laughs) 
by requiring the AG's office to establish guidelines based on the bill's language. Yep, totally unconstitutional. Those guidelines are less about procedure and more about restriction and limiting the absolute freedom provided by the Second Amendment. Provided by. No, it doesn't. Guaranteed by? Supposedly, but not really. RT if, RT if you agree. Whatever that means. Uh, these requirements are the direct attack on the Second Amendment and the blatantly unconstitutional. Written test, fingerprinting, minimum age of 21. We will fight back. That's from Gun Owners of America. Uh, let's see. Among the requirements, a federal firearms license for everyone who wishes to purchase a single gun. Current law requires that new gun purchases be facilitated through someone who has that license. The change would require every purchaser also to bear an FFL. <laughs> uh, the Federal Firearms Licensing Act opens in general, except as provided in subsection D, it shall be unlawful for any individual to purchase a, or receive a firearm unless the individual has a valid federal firearm license. For the record, well, this would make it, you know, then you could order through the mail at least. <laughs> For the record, subsection D says that the Attorney General will not require an FFL for individuals issued one by a state that requires the same or greater requirements than the federal standards. To obtain that license, should the bill become law, an individual would have to apply, submitting to all the requirements and fee structures. The prerequisites for issuance listed in Section 2 are Complete firearm safety training, which will include written exams to demonstrate knowledge of applicable firearms laws and hands-on testing, to include fire, fire, firing testing to demonstrate proficiency and accuracy. Two, complete background and criminal history investigations. Three, submit proof of identity. Four, submit fingerprints as part of background. Five, provide all necessary qualifying information of the intended gun purchase to include make, model, serial number, and the identity of the individual selling the gun. In essence, they want to know who owns what. But wait, it gets better. These licenses will either be approved or denied within 30 days of their submission. Yeah, right. <laughs> Once you obtain the license, you must make your gun purchase within 30 days of the issue date of the license. Oh, so you have to get a new license every time you buy a new gun? If you receive the notification of issuance via mail, you will have less than the same, less than the prescribed time frame. That license will be good for only one firearm purchase. <laughs> oh man. While the bill is unclear whether you can hold multiple licenses simultaneously, the bill's language arguably allows for only uh I think they mean one. They have on <laughs> one license. Good for only one good purchase every six mo 60 months, possibly even longer. It is possible that this bill, if passed into law, could limit every individual to purchase only one firearm after the law was passed, ever. Just one. How? <laughs> the licensing requires the weapon to be purchased within 30 days of issuance, however, the license is valid for five years. That makes no sense. Assuming the intent of the is to allow only one license at a time, that would legislate that law-abiding Americans could purchase only one gun every five years. Not sure if that would be accurate. Keep reading. 
Furthermore, the bill allows the AG to deny a license based on any of the following reasons. History of threats or acts of violence toward self or others. History of use, attempted use, or threatened use of physical force by the applicant against another person. Whether the applicant is the subject of or has violated a domestic violence or stalking restraining order or protection order. Any prior arrest, pending charge, or conviction for a violent or serious crime or disorderly person's offense. Oh, goodness. Stalking offense or domestic violence offense. Any prior arrest, pending charge, or conviction for an offense involving cruelty to animals. History of drug or alcohol abuse or involvement in drug trafficking. Any recent acquisition of firearms, ammunition, or other deadly weapons. (laughs) Involvement in firearms trafficking or unlawful firearms transfers. And history of unsafe storage or handling of firearms. Hey America, (laughs) you paying attention? If you have a uh, have made a recent purchase of a gun or ammo or any other deadly weapon, you can and probably will be denied additional licenses depending on how they clarify recent and deadly weapon. If you recently bought a bow for deer hunting, is that considered a deadly weapon? And would it preclude you from obtaining a license? Did you also note that a history of alcohol abuse could be a disqualifier? Be careful posting the photo of you receiving a 10-year sobriety chip from AA. (laughs) They may take away your right to purchase a gun. Remember when you mentioned that this could potentially limit your ability to only buying one gun for the rest of your life? The bill states, the Attorney General shall establish procedures for the renewal of a license that requires the applicant satisfies the requirements described in paragraph uh, section 2. As long as you stay compliant, you would be able to renew your license. It isn't a new license, it is the original. The bill articulates clearly that a license may only be used to obtain one firearm. Renewing it would still be attached to the original purchase. Through the ambiguity of the bill language, Booker and his cohorts have chiseled out a way to mandate that gun owners are able to legally purchase one gun ever again. Sadly, we aren't done with the overreach this bill would provide a weaponized and politicized attorney general. The bill's language also allows license to be revoked. And here's the breakdown. If at any time during the five-year life cycle of the license, the attorney general can revoke that license if they determine that the holder is a threat to themselves or others by possessing, purchasing, or receiving a firearm, or if through regular background checks, they would be in violation of Section 922 of Title 18 U.S. Code. In other words, They aren't just looking into your past for obtaining a license. They will continue to run random checks, dig into your privacy without your knowledge. Should your license be revoked, the bill stipulates that the AG shall remove your firearms. Not just the one purchased with the license, all of them. The Attorney General shall establish procedures to ensure that any firearm is removed from any individual when the individual's license is revoked under this paragraph. Guess what? You only get those weapons back if your license is reinstated during a hearing. If it isn't, they are forfeited. 
what the bill doesn't answer is what happens if you do not renew your license. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> Does gun ownership require the license or only buying and selling? You use your guns if the license is revoked. Does the same happen if it simply expires? Hmm. Booker's bill also creates a record-keeping process. Of course it does. If Joe sells Mike a 9mm, they have three days to notify the Attorney General of that sale. They must provide their information to include their identifying details as well as that of the pistol being bought or sold. Both Joe and Mike have uh, to have a valid FFL to make the transaction. So, given the previous provisions, this would be Mike's first and only purchase with his license. It would also leave Joe, assuming it was his only weapon, without a gun until he was able to obtain another license, as he used up the allowable number of purchases under this FFL. Incidentally, the requirement to notify the AG should already have been accommodated when the license was applied for by Mike as he has to identify the gun and uh, the seller with all identifying information. One other aspect that the bill does not cover is the cost associated with the license. Assuming they, that they intended to use the existing price structure, it would have to be revamped. The current licenses range between $150 and $3,000, but are only valid for three years. The cost associated with a five-year license would likely increase. While it is highly unlikely that this bill would ever get the required number of votes in the Senate to pass, it is important to know exactly how far demon rats are willing to go to dictate gun ownership limitations on Americans, as they completely ignore the fact that the Constitution they swore to uphold and protect and defend already dictates to them that those very limitations shall not be infringed upon. Whoa. I'll tell you what, I've heard of some crazy bills over the 40-some years that I've been dealing with gun control stuff. This one's very... In, in, they've got some ingenuity going there. <laughs> oh, it's not become the usual 1,000% tax. What's that, go Brent? 80%, become a national... Uh, go 80% while you're still able to be grandfathered in, and you can't just build one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like Lay's potato chips, you can't build just one. Got to eat them all. I've got an 80% AR lower downstairs that I may have to do something with. I was just going to keep it as a uh, souvenir. It was a Donald Trump uh, thing right after he got elected. I got it from uh, InfoWars. They had a special deal and uh, limited production, all that crap. Never intended to do anything with it, but I just might have to. <laughs> well, Delta Team Tactical has uh, lowers, AR lowers for thir $39.95. And I picked mine up with shipping. It came out to about $33 a piece. Hmm. And at first I was going to get 10 and while I was on break, right when I heard about it, and as soon as I got, got back to the yard, I ordered 15. <laughs> well, why not? Oh, man. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you done any of the work on any of them yet? Uh, five of them. How much? Is it relatively simple? 
Uh, yeah, uh, the routers they have nowadays, most of you have had wood chop. They had those big bulky routers back in the day. Mm -hmm. Well, the routers now you could hold with one hand, yeah. you know, but use two. And the uh, jig and templates are easy. You have to try to screw up. That's the one thing, you know, that this thing, it didn't come with any, any jig or templates or anything. There's nothing that says what you had to do to complete it. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I wasn't planning on doing anything. Although I've got a buddy who was a uh, armorer when he was in the National Guard, and he's made several firearms on his own. And I could probably get it to him, and he's got all the equipment in his basement that he could mill the thing out and have it ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I like 5D uh, Tacticals uh, jig. I have the multi-jig, and, you know, I'm mainly doing AR-10 and, you know, 15s. I, I have no use for a 9 or the other things. But, uh -huh. you know, uh, if you want to do 10s and, uh, you know, the uh, 15s, that's great. You know, there was a, um, years ago, I bumped into a company at a Ohio Gun Collectors Association meeting. They were out of Florida, and they were, this was prior to 1986, so they were, you know, was, you were still able to uh, do things like convert ARs to full auto and stuff like that, or they could make their own and sell them to anybody. And uh, they had a really cool system that you could buy a... Um, you bought a lower, and then they had a whole series of uppers. Um, you could have 9mm upper, uh, two twenty three upper. They had one that had a uh, integral suppressor, so your, uh, where your handguard was, the whole thing was a suppressor. And the 9mm version, they had a sleeve that slipped inside the magazine well, and it would take uh, Sten gun magazines. So basically, with one lower, you could have 9 millimeter, 223, um, you know, pretty quiet ones, uh, the whole shooting match. And you could have a whole system, even with tax stamps and all, for less than two grand at the time. It was really, you know, the 9 and, and full auto, the whole shooting match. Uh, I wish, like heck, I'd have considered it back then. <laughs> but, oh, you know, way to go, suppressed with uh, 22 as far as a rifle, mm -hmm. would be the Mossberg 715T. And that thing, all you hear is the uh, trigger mechanism. Yeah. It's a bolt. And, bolt and it's not suppressed. It's a regular rifle, but a friend of mine had bought one from another friend at work, and they were shooting it. And I said, that thing have a silencer? And they went, no, it's just a regular rifle. Huh. It was quiet. Mossberg 715T? Yep. I gotta make it and that. You can go to, uh, I think it's the Mossberg store, and um, they have them for $199. Hmm. And it's not the flat top model, it's got a carrying handle, but that thing is nice. If is you want to uh... go quiet, that's the way to go. Is it an AR variant type thing, you know, design? Yeah, it looks like an AR, but, hmm. you know, it doesn't fit any of those parts. Right. Interesting. I'll have to check into that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, it's on my list. 
<laughs> Especially of, for 200 bucks. A lot of experts say that if you, if you, if you want to get into the old gun bill, you should have a suppressor so that you can keep Man, Samuel, you got to get to a better location. <laughs> you sound like a fish underwater, man. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'll have to look into that. That sounds pretty interesting. You know, I've got a couple of Ruger 1022s that I like, but they're noisy. I'd be interested in trying just a single shot with those shooting like uh, 22 shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Might be interesting. You have to hand load it though. Be a kind of a pain. I've but, tried the CB rounds and uh, it seemed to be loud. Yeah, I remember those CBs. Good grief! Well, I can remember. I, I used to go into Walmart or or Kmart and buy, uh, you know, the hundred round CCI mini mags. You know, for less than two bucks a box for hundred. I wish you could, you know, those were the days, man. <laughs> I miss those days. But I'm seeing all these ads coming out where uh, 223, 900, or 1,000 rounds are averaging about 450 bucks. Last time I bought 1,000 rounds at 223, I paid 115. And, uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was, was back deal. in the, the well, late 90s. Had a, yeah. Had a buddy that... Um, he had a, a, a two-and-a-half-ton truck that he drove for Pepperidge Farm, you know, making deliveries. And we got wind of a company in, somebody in South uh, South America, I think in Brazil, had bought up a bunch of FN dyes and were, repro were producing 223 and 308. And we were getting, he drove uh, his truck down to someplace in Kentucky and picked it up. But he filled that truck with cases of 223 and 308, and we were paying, I think it was 115 for 1,000 rounds of 223 and 135 for a case of 308. And I got several of each. <laughs> They're sitting on my shelf in the basement uh, in the little wooden crates, but um, sealed in cans and the whole shooting match. Good ammo. But Think uh, about pre-positioning. Yep, yeah, I got a... I got to look into that. I unfortunately, right now, I've got to, everything's all in one spot, and I got to fix that. <sighs> yeah. Although I don't see myself moving from this place much, but just the same if somebody comes in with a warrant, <laughs> I don't want them to get everything. But, uh, anyway, other stuff to talk about. <laughs> oh, man. You know, there's a lot of craziness going on. Where did my feed go? Good grief. What do I do with that? Must be behind the Jitsi board. It's, yep, there it is. Hiding from me. In the back screen. Let's move this. got to move this back. Good grief. That's some crazy stuff. Old Cory Booker. Got to give him credit. Schmuck isn't sitting there, you know, doing nothing. He's just cranking things out is I'll tell you what vaccination pop vaccinated population accounts for 86% of COVID-19 deaths in Canada <laughs> government continues to push boosters oh yeah Dr. Paul Alexander COVID-19 jabs may prolong pandemic of course they do <laughs> threaten survival of the human race I'll tell you what 
Electric vehicles have more quality issues than combustion engine cars, a new study finds. Man, I'll tell you what. Let's see here. At least 75% of American teenagers are not getting enough daily exercise. <laughs> their thumbs are getting the workout, but you know, the rest of their body, not so much. And they show a picture of this girl with a couple of... Oh yeah, I got a bag of chips and can't see what this other thing is but you know junk food junkies <sighs> exercising regularly is important to your overall health because it helps you maintain a healthy weight <laughs> yeah and I'll tell you what when I was in when I was in high school we only had like a couple of kids that were overweight rest of them were all normal <laughs> as we would appear back then this day and age not so much. Everybody's overweight, it seems. And got all kinds of health issues. Seeing kids in this day and age with adult onset diabetes, that's crazy. You know, 8-year-old with uh, type 2. Uh, man. Let's see, Dr. Hotz, H-O-T-Z-E, report. The Great Reset involves a de depopulation holocaust. No kidding. Biden not an advisor on outrageous gaps prices. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Yeah, the first time I heard that the other day, I was like, yeah, they're finally telling the truth. Uh, <laughs> I like the sign I got. Regular, gasp, plus, gulp, premium. Yike! <laughs> Self-serve. <laughs> Uh, I might have to use that for today's uh, image. <laughs> the Biden administration has continuously shown itself to be insensitive to working class families. Joe Biden himself often seems annoyed when confronted with an alt with a negative impact of policies have, have had on regular Americans and his entire administration attempts to cover for him. Friday, Biden's advisor and director of the National Economic Council, Brian Deese, took things a step further with a slap, of face, slap in the face of working Americans when asked what he would say to families struggling to pay $4.85 or more at the pump for months or even years. This was his response. Now let's play this little video here. Sustainable. What do you say to those families who say, Listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. Well, what you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. There it is, the liberal world order. Good grief. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Whatever the liberal world order is, Deese clarifies that it is not about helping the working class. It's not about helping Americans, and it's not about affordability for either group. This comes after Biden stated that the U.S. drivers will have to pay a premium at the pump for as long as it takes. As long as what takes, precisely killing fossil fuels to implement a green agenda, most likely. Now, the rest of his statement was we can't allow Russia to, you know, succeed in Ukraine. So that's what it's all about, according to Biden, well, President Poopy Pants. 
Biden's administration could not care any less about the troubles of the average American, the very troubles they themselves have caused. Instead, their agenda is focused on serving the future of the liberal world order, crushing resistance and expanding their own power, while also manipulating the country with high inflation to kill off fossil fuels. The regime does not care who it hurts or how it hurts them. However, they are, or th however, that they are asking Americans that they are hurting with their agenda to stand firm, to further an agenda intended to hurt them, is as surreal as it is angering. What's more liberal? <laughs> what's, excuse me, what's more? Liberal voters hurt by this still blame everyone but the party in charge as they eagerly await this new world order that Dees is referencing. Good Lord. I heard a thing this morning that they're actually doing polls now about is it time to take up arms against the government? And the vast majority of Republicans and even a lot of Democrats are saying yes. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I don't think people have the intestinal fortitude to do that. One of the deadliest brain diseases known to man is a side effect of COVID jabs. Hmm. Oil price could triple to $380 a barrel, warns J.P. Morgan from Putin simply reducing oil exports from Russia. Girl. Birth rates plummet in Hungary due to mass COVID injections. Woo. Newly uncovered document reveals left-wing deep state elites battle plan against American Christians. Taiwan witnesses catastrophic 23% drop in birth rate in May of 2022. Global population schemes take effect. Oh, good grief. Even as threats continue to rise globally, Biden's Pentagon gets its priorities in order protecting access to abortion. If they're not telling people how to wear high heels and salute the rainbow flag, let's make sure everybody has access to abortion. I'll never forget when the uh, USS Abe Lincoln first had uh, female sailors aboard. It got changed to the Babe Lincoln. Because even after it uh, had just uh, embarked on its first cruise, it got out uh, you know, a couple of weeks and had to turn, return to base to let off a bunch of pregnant women. Oh. <laughs> uh, now they'll have abortion clinics on board every military vessel. Good grief. Lloyd Austin, what a piece of work. Oh, man. I can't believe what this country has become. Doctor verifies VAERS data showing COVID-19 injections increase danger to women's reproductive health. Yep. British whistleblowers reveal horrors that come following trans surgeries. I also heard on the way back home today that uh, the British Parliament was voting to remove Boris Johnson. They claim they have the votes to do it. question is, are they actually going to? Oh, man. What insanity. Let's look over here. 
As technocrats' false promises are exposed, oil is king again, and everyone will suffer. What happens when the majority of a nation's citizens decide not to comply with tyrannical edicts? Tanzania may provide an answer. Hmm. Let's take a look at that. A reader sent me this alleged first-hand account of what happened in Tanzania's after pop-ups, after former President John uh, John Magafuli died under suspicious circumstances after opposing COVID-19 injections and other COVID measures. Yeah, that was a sad deal. I like that guy. Authors, authors note, whilst reading the following, it would behoove the reader to bear in mind that President John Magafuli was one of the most popular African leaders of recent history. His support base amongst ordinarily people was real and enormous. Due to his genuine warmth, his determination to put the people first, and to rid his country of corruption, fat cats, and government idleness. Just ask yourself, which other leader anywhere in the world has ever voluntarily halved his own salary and given the other half to worthy causes. Well, I gotta admit that Trump was doing something like that. Magafuli did that, and a lot more besides, throughout his entire five and a half years' presidency. And such was his success at pulling his country up by the bootstraps that he was known locally and affectionately as the bulldozer. It's almost one year now since the assassination of the world's one and only sovereign leader who waged open warfare against the COVID-19 cabal. This is a first-hand account of the situation on the ground in Tanzania. Since the hit squad was sent in to eliminate the only leader who fought the cabal and their injections head-on out in the open from day one. Within a few weeks of President Magafuli's murder, his replacement... Samia uh, Suluhu Hassan, a female World Economic Forum attendee, there you have it, set about installing the cabal's COVID agenda. agenda. It was thoroughly depressing an experience. I know I was there to see it. Gone forever were Magafuli's maskless smile and palpable warm, uh, warmth replaced by uh, now by daily images of a cold in insentient president and her entire entourage after mu all muzzled as per the cabal's orders in rapid rapid succession it came the in came the following a campaign of fear launched by the media images of covid patients in hospitals tight covid controls at the country's airports and borders directives to force the public to wear face diapers face diapers in all government buildings a masked police force, masks in hospitals, anti-socialist distancing, masks in schools, masks in the streets, no handshakes, public transport forced to operate at half capacity, messages from government on our mobile phones warning us about COVID and promoting the injection, palpable fear between old friends and families, import of COVID injections banned under Magafuli. She is poison, were words often heard in the street when Tanzanians compared the new WEF-appointed president with Magafuli. 
But then, ju after just one week, something happened, something truly remarkable. After just one week of all the fear and insanity, the people of Tanzania had had enough. Call it the legacy of Magafuli, call it divine intervention, or perhaps just plain old common sense, but it is a fact that within just seven days, great cracks began to appear in the COVID narrative in Tanzania. First, it was the police. Working in the tropical heat, they quickly realized that they were suffocating behind their face diapers, so they threw them where they belonged, in the bin. So when you see that the police themselves are questioning the narrative and distancing themselves from the nonsense, what happens? Everyone else follows. And so whilst the new president and her acolytes appeared on TV daily, all masked up, pumping out fear and promoting COVID injections out in the streets, the people of Tanzania were having none of it. And believe me, the mass noncompliance was a sight to behold. I do not know how many of you reading this have uh, borne witness to an entire nation engaged in peaceful, silent civil disobedience, but I can testify firsthand that it was one of the most moving phenomena you can possibly experience. Like a warm, silent, gentle current passing from one person to the next, leaving everyone with a smile. Gotta make this a little bit bigger here. Ooh, where'd it go? Oh, there it is. Quietly, the whole of Tanzania stopped complying. That's 50 million people in a land almost five times the size of Brazil. Wow. And so today, with the exception of the country's airports, which 90% of Tanzanians will never enter, life goes on as it always has. Children go to school without face diapers. People work freely without face diapers. The police absolutely do not enforce any COVID rules. Public buses are packed to the hilt. The fishermen sail the ocean, farmers till the land, tourists come from Europe to taste the freedom they once had. The markets are absolutely bursting with millions of smiling people buying and selling, hugging and handshaking, and the clubs and bars pound out the tunes whilst men and women are allowed to do what men and women have always done, meet, dance, and romance. No passes required, no poison required, exactly as God intended. It is a blessing from God to be here. I write off with this final anecdote to put a smile on your face. In a recent conversation with hospital staff in Tanzania, they informed me that the government had ordered them to launch outreach programs to inform the public about the danger of COVID. I quote from that conversation. So we packed the hospital vehicles with equipment and staff and took off to the rural villages deep in the bush to inform them about COVID. When we arrived there, we found the people working in the fields, and we called them together. We asked them if they had heard of coronavirus or COVID. They all just frowned and looked at each other. What? they asked. <laughs> they had no idea what we were talking about, so we tried again. And again, they just shook their heads. They were completely bemused, so we stopped what we were doing and thought about it all, thought about all right there. Then I looked at the villagers. They were fit and healthy. They were born under the hot sun. They worked their fields day after day, and you could see their muscles hewn from physical work, their gleaming skin, their white teeth. They were in perfect health. At this point in the conversation, the doctor paused and shook his head. 
He looked embarrassed before concluding. Then I looked at us people from the hospital. You know what? We were the ones who looked sick compared with those villagers. We were the ones who needed lecturing about health. So I told the staff to get in the vehicles and we drove away. We will not go back. Those villagers should be left as they are. They don't need all this. <laughs> Ooh, boy, I would love to see that happen here. Unfortunately, brain dead and spoon fed Bubis Americanus, they don't have the spine to stand up as one group of people and say no. At least they haven't so far. We'll see. Anywho, that was nice. I would love to see that here. Maybe Tanzania is a good place to, to move to. Might be a place, might be a thought. Of course. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Two-thirds of all Americans fully injected with COVID-19 experimental shots. Ugh. Birth rates drop worldwide. Human traffic at an all-time high in the U.S. Number one destination in the world for child, child sex trafficking. Is Israel planning to relocate to Ukraine? Hmm. Official government data record. 74,783 deaths and 5,830,235 injuries following COVID-19 jabs. I think that's in the EU. Why are the nation's pharmacies and retail outlets refusing to give the new FDA-authorized COVID shots to babies? Florida's largest private employer, Publix Food and Pharmacy, announced yesterday that they would not be giving the new FDA-authorized COVID injections to babies and toddlers between six months old and four years old. And the Tampa Bay Times reports, since COVID-19 injections first became available, Publix has played a major role in tackling the public health emergency in Florida by offering injections to adults and later children as young as five. But the Lakeland Grocery Company says it will not offer the injection approved for children ages four and under at this time. Spokesperson Hannah Herring said Tuesday that Publix will not release a statement explaining its decision. Hmm. Apparently, Publix is not the only retail outlet in Florida refusing to inject babies with toxic jabs. Brianna Andrews, writing in Jacksonville for News 4 Jax, reports, Children under 5 years old are now eligible for COVID-19 injections, but some local parents say they are struggling to find appointments to get them. Well, isn't that just wonderful? Thank goodness parents are stupid enough to try and get them, but they can't find anybody. <laughs> News 4 Jacks reached out to multiple local pharmacies and hospitals, and most places didn't carry the jabs for young children. It's still possible to get an appointment, but parents really need to plan ahead. <laughs> Maybe they should do a little research. News 4 Jacks called a dozen local pharmacies in the area, and none of them offered the injections for children under 5. They told us that they did not intend to. Only place that we found that offers local appointments is CVS. Make a note of that. Don't visit CVS. And while it's this hesitancy to inject babies with COVID experimental shots is at least somewhat understandable in Florida, where the state announced they will not were not supplying the shots through the health department, national retail outlets are also seemingly hesitant to inject babies and infants. 
According to an article published by Axios Wednesday, Walgreens, Costco, Rite Aid, Walmart, HEB, Hy-Vee, and Wegmans are only offering the shots to 3- and 4-year-olds, but not 6 months through 2. CVS offers the shots for children as young as 1.5 years old, but apparently not babies younger than that. Why are these retail outlets refusing to inject the babies now in that they are authorized by the FDA? Publics refuse to explain their decisions, suggesting that it is a that this is a legal can of worms. Hmm. They still got uh, immunity, so they must be worried about public uh, approval. <laughs> anyway, hospitals are apparently the only ones injecting the babies. Of course, great place to go to die or to kill your kid. It is because they have neonatal intensive care units to handle the casualties, while retail outlets do not. Hmm, that's a good possibility. Because they always have those on hand just when they're giving the babies the shots when they're born, you know, the other shots. So, uh, that could be it. If you want to sacrifice your baby to the vaccine gods, go to a hospital. And they show some pictures of these kids crying their little eyes out. Good grief. Daniel Schwab left holds his son, one-year-old Asher, as a registered nurse. Uh, Margie Rodriguez administers the first dose of the Moderna COVID-19 jab for children six months old to four years. Tuesday, June 21st, 2022, at Montefiore Medical Group in the Bronx, borough of New York. Here's one. Dr. Sophia Jan R. administers a coronavirus injection to nine-month-old Oliver Harris while he is held by his father, Dr. Matthew Harris, Dr. Matthew Harris, at the Cohen Children's Medical Center on Long Island Jewish Medical Center in the Queensboro of New York, these people in New York, good grief. What a bunch of idiots. Ten-month-old Hazel Ribnick reacts as nurse Julian Mercer administers the Moderna vaccine for coronavirus disease at Rady Children's Hospital in San Diego. Good heavens. Man, and that's the end of it. Who knows? I wouldn't be surprised. That's probably a big part of it. Not having a neonatal intensive care unit on hand, crash carts and everything, because these little kids, a lot of them vapor lock as soon as they get jabbed. That could be it. Pro-injection masses who survive COVID injections targeted for monkeypox. Yeah, if they're stupid enough to take the, this one, they'll be stupid enough to take the monkeypox. Preparing for black market, alternative economy, flea markets, oh yeah. With the world's economic system currently on a pace for a total collapse, with the globalist stated goal of replacing currency and cash with central bank digital currencies, it is time to start thinking about an alternative black market that operates outside the system for those who do not want to become slaves to the globalist billionaires and bankers. Civil Eats published an article today about buying buy-nothing uh, community groups that rely on bartering and shared resources. Yulia Kordryashova is a single mom and teacher living with her two daughters in San Francisco's outer Richmond neighborhood. Her parents moved in with them in March when they were evacuated from the Kiev uh, from Kiev after Russia invaded Ukraine. 
with Cordrishova's salary as the household's only source of income. The family has come to rely on the boxes of food they pick up nearly every week at a neighbor's garage. For my parents, it is very helpful because they see the support of the members of our community, uh, Kodryashova said. They have nothing, they don't have money, and we are sharing the same budget for five people. If Kodryashova can't make up uh, make a pickup, which typically takes place on Saturdays, you will likely receive a text message from host Priscilla Silla Lee who make it, uh, to make it alternative arrangements. For the last 15 months, Lee has hosted a weekly food pantry out of her garage for the community of people she connects with through the online platform Buy Nothing. The neighbors share everything from food to clothing to furniture. Lee is the administrator for the official Outer Richmond Buy Nothing group, which has more than 700 members on Facebook. And she recently launched an unofficial Buy Nothing sister group that also includes a nearby neighborhood to accommodate residents who wanted to participate. Within a month, it had 350 members. And now it's close to 500. Lee envisions her hyper-local food pantry as a feel-good familiar event where members can meet their neighbors and build community. Members must RSVP to visit the food pantry to ensure Lee has enough food, but she has noticed that spaces are filling up faster these days. (laughs) At a time when inflation has skyrocketed across the country, making everything from groceries to clothing and services more expensive, members of the group view the food pantry as a valuable resource that helps feed their families while preventing food from going to waste. Documentary filmmaker uh, Liesl Clark launched the Buy Nothing Project in 2013 after spending time working in the Himalayas. She was fascinated by how the region's remote villages operated as cashless economies without much of a retail footprint. They all take care of each other through a true gift of economy model, and so I wanted to see if we could do the similar, uh, something similar to that in our own community. Back at home on Bainbridge Island, west of Seattle, Clark and uh, friend Rebecca Rockefeller used the Facebook group's platform to invite friends and uh, friends and friends of friends to their inaugural Buy Nothing group. It was an experiment. Before you buy something at the store, consider asking the group for it first. If you have anything in abundance from your garden or home, offer it here first. And when uh, the giving and receiving starts to feel good, share your gratitude. Neighbors began sharing odds and ends. Someone asked for and received a missing part for the coffee maker. A woman needed a spring for her toilet paper holder. Lo and behold, a neighbor had one. And uh, the two met and became close friends. Uh, those were funny little matches, but when the human matches were appear- were happening... But then the human matches were happening, Clark said, and we were starting to uh, come to know our proximal neighbors and uh, really connecting with them. And the easy part was the food. Hmm. While the buy buy nothing movement is based on good principles and ideas that non-compliant members of society need to start thinking about if they don't want to be slaves to the new world order that the globalists intend for the masses, I do not recommend it for one simple reason. It is dependent on technology. Exactly. 
specifically Facebook groups. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> They'll get this thing going and Facebook will shut it all down. If you don't have your own uh, way of communicating other than these things, it's going to be a problem. So if the technology goes down like the internet or the power grid, the whole system collapses. And aside from this simple fact, being dependent on, a, on any of the corporate social media sites like Facebook is to basically give your entire battle strategy, strategy over to your enemy and allow them to shut you down at any time they please. Exactly. I hope to do another whole article on this topic soon, but the technology is failing and advancing, uh, not advancing, and any plans to resist the globalists and their tyranny have to take into account the coming post-technological uh, society and how to survive without the technology. Yeah, you have to go back to like CB radios and stuff like that. Uh, technology can be both a wonderful thing and a terrifying thing, but its lifeblood is electricity, which needs fuel to operate. No fuel, no electricity, no electricity, no technology. This is such a fundamental, basic fact of life that it seems to escape almost everyone's notice, both in the corporate media as well as the alternative media. But that is a topic for a future article. One of the most pressing needs today is to start planning community microeconomies independent of technology. So while the concept of uh, behind the buy-nothing movement is sound, its current implementation is not. Fortunately, most of the technology we, we use today has only been around for a short time, and there are still remnants in our American culture that can be revived and used to survive the coming post-technological crash and also be an alternative economy to the one in the, uh, the globalists have in mind. These are things like local farmers markets, flea markets, and swap meets, where bartering can happen, where people exchange goods and services. But to participate in this alternative black market economy, you need to have something to barter. This can be tangible items you own or produce, or it can be services you are trained to provide that most others do not have the training for. Those who know how to fix things and have abundant supplies of spare parts for other things uh, are going to flourish in this kind of economy. The com uh, communication is going to be important and high traffic areas in your community will probably become communication hubs as the technology will not be stable enough to ensure digital communication, but even if it is available, our enemies will be monitoring it all. And just be prepared to have the globalists declare everything you are doing as illegal. Count on it. We already got a foretaste of this starting in 2020 when pandemic emergency measures allowed tyrants to issue edicts that completely ignored the Constitution and rule of law. So the Second Amendment is going to be very important, and local militias and private security firms will be needed to allow your community black market to operate. Start with your county sheriff and make sure he or she is on board, and if not, boot him out of office and get one who is. <laughs> Yeah, you may have a difficult time at present to start implementing this uh, as the masses are still sleepwalking and will not fully wake up until the grocery store shelves are bare and they experience real hunger for maybe the first time in their lives. Somebody hey, have something? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you. Maybe get into it a little more tomorrow or maybe not ever, but <laughs> do you people know who Phil Schneider was? Bill Snyder? 
Phil Schneider. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, he worked in several um, bases, underground bases, and uh, there was a uh, a shooting war that broke out under Dulcie with uh, not from around here. <laughs> And he managed to escape. That was in 79. <clears throat> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, and 80 is when the Guidestones went up. Hmm, yep, that's true. And then we had the emergency, uh, um, what do you call it, the emergency signal thing, EAS, alert system. Uh-huh. That wasn't until, uh, I guess, January, beginning of January 1st, 97. I thought it was sooner than that, but I think they're all related. <laughs> And, um, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, Dr. Wynn Parker used to be on RBN. Brilliant man. They called him the Water Baron. And uh, he was telling us all this different stuff from years ago about how our bodies were now making plastic because it's in everything. And, um, you know, they're using our kidneys for filtration <laughs> and the toilet to tap and teaching children to take a spoonful of water out of a water fountain that looks like a toilet and, uh, you know, all this dehumanizing type stuff but uh someone in patty broussard uh it's kind of a he she but a micmac shaman twin spirit uh this project incension and when she was doing them live and some of them go on for hours very interesting covered all different things but uh also with the from not around here's and uh so i had sent them to you know as they'd come out send them to uh Dr. Parker, and so he started talking a little more about that kind of thing on his shows, you know, he said, now that it's out there. And then, interestingly enough, she, Patty Broussard, went MIA while Trump was in office, and of course, Dr. Parker left uh, first part of December of 2017. And uh, she, when she came back, Patty, she said she was, uh, didn't feel right to call up she, because he fathered some children. But anyway, um, that he had been an advisor to Trump. And I kind of think Parker is too, probably still. He has a, um, what do you call it? Twitter? Twitter? Telegram. Yeah, that you, it doesn't block you so you can't get in there. At least it's rumored to be his, and he's rumored to be in with the Q-bit somewhat, I guess, which is active again. But, uh, so the two of them with Space Force. And so I see how those, all this is related. And then on Jeff Rents, the um, reverse speech, and they just did some Bill Tompkins, who's really good. And uh, cho Chosen by Extraterrestrials or something like that was his book. And and he was going to do more books. He was in, he in like 94 when he finally passed. But in his reverse speech, it's clear that there's a, a fear factor and it turns out with all these different UFOs things, which uh, David Oates is doing right now, and um, that, you know, they're true stories, but there's this intention, this fear factor behind. So maybe they are clearing us out to prepare for the whatever they hope to be next. And what's the Bible say? Time will be shortened, lest no flesh be left. <laughs> so. Yep. Anywho, yeah. I was thinking about that a lot lately. And then on Robert Rabel's show one night when I called in, and I guess it was, I was looking up the dates just now, and 
But China Lake, there were two big quakes, and the second one was larger than the first, which is an indication that it's not a natural quake. And then January uh, 6 and 7, same thing in Puerto Rico. The second one was larger. And it just came to me, and I said to him, I said, you know, double tap China Lake, double tap Puerto Rico. Did they just knock out some of the Meglav trains underground, you know? That's something else Tompkins was talking about and Patty Broussard. And, uh, you know, when they when they put these tunnels in, you know, they have these boring machines. And it can leave like a glaze on the tunnel. But as they've gone in deeper, they find bigger ones, tunnels already made that they didn't make. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so there's a lot of things going on that we're not really privy to, you know. And I see uh, uh, Really Graceful. She covers the Guidestones a lot. She's there in Georgia. And uh, she was, t- I didn't even get through the thing. It's about 16 minutes, but about what happened there. So it's it kind of interesting, some pushback. But I think, like I said, all these things are related. You know, there's, because this shootout that Schneider was involved in, and he worked on several bases, like I said, too, underground bases. And, hmm. But he was attacked by one of these creatures and um, all scarred up and kind of crippled up and stuff. And so he, I think it was for about two years he was making the circuit talking about all this stuff. And and then he was found, they tried to call it a suicide, but he was brutally murdered. So, yeah. yeah. In 96, that was, I guess. Yeah, if you stick up, you're going to get hammered. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. I don't know. Now, I'll tell you what. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that. Um, uh, what's his chops? Um, Jesse Ventura thing from uh, conspiracy theories that he did on the underground um, cities that they have. I'll tell you oh, what. Yeah. There's some mega cities. Yeah, yeah, Dave. I, I just wanted to say, too, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Paul Edward Stevenson. I told Michael Herzog yesterday on RBN. You know, they were on with uh, Andy Hitchcock, Mark Dankoff, and he. And, and he said, uh, what's the difference between a conspiracy theory and reality? Six months. <laughs> Six months. Six months, yep. That's about right. I heard you on there, Murr. Did you? <laughs> yeah, that I mean, was that good. Was, that was pretty good, the way you put that joke in on Sunday morning to the Republic of Texas, the way you fed that in there. That was really good. About the th- three-legged chicken they couldn't catch. <laughs> oh, right. Three-legged chicken. <laughs> oh, boy. That ain't no joke. <laughs> I don't know how well you can hear me, but I'll tell There's the story. My wife and I were background. driving down one of our little country roads. Can you hear me? Yeah. Too much wind? Yeah, roll up the window. <laughs> I'm walking across the yard to the barn here. Let me get in it. Or put your hand up around the base of the phone just to cover the microphone. I got a headset on. I don't know where the heck the microphone is. I'll just put your hand around the base earbud. of the headset. Is that helping? Yeah. Oh, I'm at the barn now. <clears throat> is that any better? Yeah, you're good. Better. Okay, so my wife and I were driving around on this old country road, you know, 55 miles an hour, dirt road, and... All of a sudden, a chicken comes running up next to us and then passes us. I'm like, holy cow, go chase, follow that chicken. So we follow, and it runs into a driveway, and 
there's a farmer out there, you know, he's smiling at us. We pull up. I says, is that your chicken? He said, yeah. I said, does that chicken have three legs? He said, it does. I said, how would you get a chicken with three legs? He goes, I've been breeding them. Like, why would you breed a chicken with three legs? He says, well, I, you know, it's just my wife and our son and I, and we all like a drumstick when we have our chicken. And so we weren't get, you know, we were fighting over the legs. So I start breeding birds with three legs. And I says, well, how do they taste? He said, I don't know. Them. I haven't been able to catch one yet. Yep. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that Phil Schneider deal, um, they found him. He had his, I think he had his foot burned off with a laser beam that came out of an alien's chest when he was down in them dumps with, with a, uh, some kind of special forces guy that all died, and they put him back in the gondola and pulled the cord in the rip cord, and it sent that gondola back up top, and he lost like one of his hands and one of his feet to well, this laser this- beam and burned him right off. Well, and and then he started here. doing this this speaking circuit, and they found him dead. They said he hung himself in his electric wheelchair about you know several you know way deep into the woods. Like he he drove out back in the woods, and he he got up in a tree in his in his motorized wheelchair, and he hung himself. Well, thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. We're out of time, guys. Take care of your bodies because the only place you have to live will be back tomorrow with Mike Gaddy. See you then. Take care and God bless.